0: Welcome to Zooming In, a project of the Unpopulist. I'm Aaron Ross Powell. Academic freedom is under assault. But who is mounting that assault depends on who you ask. The right has long argued that universities are controlled by the left with free inquiry the victim. But the illiberal right, it turns out, doesn't much care for liberal education, and the result is a wave of right populist assaults on the very academic freedom they've historically claimed to support. To explore these issues, I'm joined by Jonathan Marks. He's a professor of politics at Ursinus College and author of Let's Be Reasonable, a conservative case for liberal education. The right has long claimed that leftist control of our universities results not just in indoctrination, but in a climate that pushes back on the free inquiry that is central to the university project that the left opposes free speech and doesn't want professors to explore ideas that it doesn't like. At the same time, though, we have seen an increasing turn on the right against academic freedom. The most recent and prominent example is probably the new College of Florida, where the right has taken over the college board and is instituting a a narrow conception of what a university ought to be and the kinds of ideas it ought to explore. And yet many on the right seem far less concerned suddenly about academic freedom when it's their guys limiting it or when its limitations are being used to promote right-wing causes. Why is there that disconnect? Why do we see people on the right much more concerned about assaults and academic freedom when they come from the left, but then suddenly becoming very quiet when it is the right and conservatives apparently doing it.
1: I have a couple of ideas about that, uh, and maybe just a little bit of background about the new college situation um, that began in January 2023, so that's just this year. When Ron DeSantis appointed six new trustees, uh, which together um, with um, some others already appointed constitute a majority of the new college board. Um, And they are, with the support of the state legislature, uh, busy attempting, in the words of um, the lieutenant governor of Florida, to transform. New College, which is a small public honors college, more or less, um, into the Hillsdale of the South, meaning that is to transform it into um, a conservative college. Certainly, although Hillsdale also happens to be a religious college, that doesn't seem to be part of it uh, directly. Speaking, it's interesting, interesting language to use. Um, So, you know, in the course of that, they um, appointed a new president. Um, They've at least uh, put into the future, various folks who had cleared every other hurdle to um, tenure, all with a view to um, putting um, their stamp um, on the college. Um, that's a violation of academic freedom for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons has to do um, with the principle of shared governance, whereby um, trustees you know, show a certain kind of restraint, even with respect to Um, Or especially with respect to um, uh, matters of of curriculum where faculty are thought to have the uh, expertise uh, and the purview to make most of the determinations about what's going to be taught. Um, So uh, what explains um, support um, for these actions among people who have been screaming and um, complaining about academic freedom and free speech on campus for many years I think there are two answers um, to that question. Um, The first one is, you know, kind of despair. Um, That is the sense that um, free speech really can't be preserved on universities by by traditional means. Um, Colleges will not transform themselves. Um, They're too dominated um, by left progressives. And so the only thing you can do is is try to place enormous pressure on them to reform. So some folks who favor free speech and academic freedom may not even love what's going on at New College, but they consider it kind of a great warning signal um, that will maybe spur some colleges and universities to uh, reform themselves. Uh, by caring more about uh, free speech, intellectual diversity, that kind of thing. Uh, But there's a second issue, which I think is important, which is that um, there are some folks behind this reform, like uh, Chris Ruffo, who's one of the trustees at New College, um, who have said quite openly that they're not in favor of academic freedom. Um, They are motivated Um, by what I'd call, you know, spirit of uh, of illiberal populism. Um, And so they think that ostensibly, you know, neutral sounding things like academic freedom, where it sounds like every idea is going to have its day, or freedom of speech, where it sounds like every idea is going to have its day, or even free markets, where it sounds like, uh, you know, everybody sort of gets to do what what they want. um, Those things, the argument is, are sort of Trojan horses in a way for Um, The dominance um, of nowadays um, a left progressive elite. Um, And so you can't honor academic freedom. You have to crush the left progressives um, in the universe. You have to crush the left progressives over at Disney. You have to crush the left progressives in the civil service and and so on.
0: I think there's a lot of very interesting ways we can kind of carve those attitudes at the joints to try to get at what what's going on and why we should be concerned about it because on the one hand just the idea that there's there's a small university that is used to be fairly progressive in its call it in its academic outlook and is now being shifting there are plenty of conservative universities out there you mentioned Hillsdale but there are also you know religious like uh, more like evangelical religious. There's like Bob Jones University and there was Liberty University and there are universities that just kind of have more of a conservative bent. And that shouldn't, that's not necessarily troubling to us, right? Like this, the is there anything wrong with saying our university is going to advance a particular perspective?
1: Well, uh, certainly there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, vis-a-vis um, our laws, but there there's a long tradition to which academic freedom is connected, uh, whereby universities ought not to be founded to advance a particular agenda. So if you look at the early history of um, academic freedom, um, in 1915, when the American Association of University Professors um, issues a statement that, that came in a lot of ways to define academic freedom with, with adjustments down to the present day, um, they said that you've got proprietary institutions, and those institutions institutions are looking to advance a particular uh, vision. Could be religious, uh, might not be religious, but we're looking to advance some, some set of values of some kind. And then there's the new research university, and they're devoted to inquiry um, into matters of human concern Right. And and they really want to distinguish themselves from those proprietary institutions. And there are a few of those proprietary institutions can continue to exist. Nothing wrong with that. But the claim of the university for public support rests on um, the role it plays um, in the advancement of inquiry and knowledge, um, which is in some ways at odds with the notion that what we're about um, is promoting you know, some vision of social justice or another.
0: When we're talking about free inquiry and advancing knowledge, though, so newspapers have a split between editorial and their news reporting side, right? And there's a recognized, like, the journalists are doing something fundamentally different than the columnists are. At the university... Is there, as far as like what kinds of inquiry we ought to protect or ought to see as um, constitutive of this, this flourishing academic freedom, it seems like could there be a difference between these like say hard science researchers are exploring kind of every question no matter where it might lead, which might be different from the professor who is... Using their position and their research to engage in, say, like very direct political action or persuasion—that is, you know—so we we might want them to express their ideas freely. But I can imagine someone saying that's a that's a different thing. It's a different thing from the sociologist trying to figure out why gun violence happens versus the sociologist who is spending his or her classroom hours telling the students that they should go out and advocate for gun control.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things to that, right? Every answer is a couple of things, right? So um, the first thing is to say that there is a a wing of the university um, that uh, really has its origin in the 1960s. These are programs and things like ethnic studies um, African American studies, Chicano studies, that kind of thing, right? Um, and those disciplines, or the really interdisciplinary programs, understood themselves really quite self-consciously as looking to enact some kind of some kind of political objective. Um, but in so doing, I think they they did think of um, themselves as as changing the character of the university. Um, and that's a problem. Let me let me explain, um, why it's a problem. So, so I said that that our claim to academic freedom as professors, and I am a professor, has historically rested on the idea, um, that we are, as you say, pursuing inquiry, arguments, and evidence where they lead, rather than trying to advance a partisan agenda, right? How can we say state or trustees, um? Don't intervene, right, if we ourselves are pursuing a partisan agenda. What's our justification um, for asking not to intervene? I think a trustee or a state might quite sensibly say to themselves something to the effect of, well, if there's going to be a political agenda at the university, it may as well be mine, right? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't uh, pursue interested lines of inquiry. So, for example, you know... um, you know, you can have to go outside the realm of scientific research, right? Um, I might think, you know, I might be really attached to um, some ideas um, about how to cure cancer. I may have gone into academics not to inquire into the truth, but because I want to change the world by curing cancer. And and you can imagine an economist entering into study for similar reasons. They want to change the world in some manner or another, and they think that economics is a useful tool. And I think that at least on traditional understanding of academic freedom, all one asks is that those researchers pursue that line in a certain manner, such that they enter into a community of inquiry with certain standards, sometimes broad, sometimes within their specific discipline, right? And when the evidence contradicts their cherished views, they honor the evidence rather than their cherished views, um, so there's nothing wrong, I don't think, in, in going into um, academics with something other than a motive to, you know, um, eat at the tree of uh, pure theory or something like that. But um, nonetheless, and I keep saying traditional understanding of academic freedom, but I think that 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 understanding, again, makes sense, right, with respect to fending off intervention in the universities right so so that th- that's the understanding of how to pursue you know something that you really cherish in a manner that's consistent with um the way in which we we justify academic freedom and justify the genuinely very special privileges um that that academics have this seems like
0: part of the challenge then is that one way to look at the critique from both the left of academic activities and the critique of the from the right in the terms of viewing academic activity as indoctrination and you know, the left trying to control the commanding heights of culture and education and so on, um, is that both of them, it seems like to some extent, are rejecting what you just described or rejecting the possibility of what you just described in the sense that what they are saying is every method of inquiry, every area of inquiry brings with it either a a desire for certain normative outcomes or has kind of baked in certain normative assumptions that are then themselves political. So the, the right is saying like, look. It's not, this is I think why you don't see them say, look, the solution, we don't like what the CRT people are teaching. Therefore, the solution is to have courses on other ways of looking at race. Rather, they say, like, we need to stop the teaching of CRT because, like, the very fact of teaching it or of teaching just kind of America's racial history is itself a politicized act that is selling a certain progressive worldview. The left says, look, the sciences that you just described have all of these internalized normative assumptions that are political about what counts as evidence what counts as like proper kinds of inquiry what counts as the kinds of questions one should be are like worthy of exploration and so on and so to some extent it seems like what you're saying is we should that's not true and that instead there is like there is a non-political way to approach the pursuit of of knowledge in this like intellectually honest way that you have described is that is that a fair representation of kind of distinguishing the sides versus your position?
1: Yeah, so you know it, it used to be I think a pretty common position on the left. I've been in higher education for about twenty five years, and it used to be pretty common you know, when you said you know I really think that we ought to be. Um, looking at the arguments and the evidence rather than coming in with our pre ideological agenda for um, somebody on the left or the influenced left to say, well, you know, everything is political. Almost wearily, everybody knows that (laughs) that, that everything is political. And so uh, under the guise of neutral academic standards, in fact, universities are under, you know, in the control of the 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 capitalists and the zionists and and all that kind of thing um I guess there's always been something of that on the right, too, but I think that at least in terms of it being a a popular way of talking about higher education, even among right-wing academics, that seems at least relatively new with respect to the time I've been involved in there. And they say, well, no, obviously, universities aren't controlled by the Zionists and the capitalists. They're controlled by um, the progressive elite, and everything is political. So, yes, but both sides. Um, say that standards purportedly neutral are in fact instruments of of power now uh why might the right be saying that now um you know i, th- I think part of the reason is that um they've hit upon the strategy in um uh, red states of you know noticing that uh, in fact uh, boards of trustees have almost unlimited power if they choose not to observe. Um, the norms that have for a long time governed the way in which we manage higher education institutions. So, you know, it, it's, it's an academic freedom version of free speech for me, but, but, but not for thee, right? Um, on the left, they, they feel like they've got controls within the institutions. They dismiss concerns about neutrality and free speech because they've got the power to work their will. Um, to exaggerate, and I'll take back part of that exaggeration in a minute, um, on the outside um, in red states, and, and they hope soon um, at the federal level as well, conservatives think, well, we've got the power and so we don't have to respect <laughs> um, these, these norms. So, you know, you're, you're inclined to appeal to the norms loudly and desperately um, when you don't have power. And when you do have power, you know, what norms? now there is an intellectually serious argument of course and that's where i take part of this back that says well you know there is no sort of point outside of our our subjectivity where we can occupy and you know look down um on things and say well i've got the um objective truth um of, of the matter um I, I think that's right but at the same time that that point um doesn't really mean and and none of these players really think it means in other contexts that you can't distinguish between partisan and more or less nonpartisan interventions um, in research um, and in a lot of ways um, you know academic practices are not designed to to end subjectivity <laughs> um, which, which which is impossible but um, to enable us to um, get at or move in the direction of confidently thinking we've got a truth we can communicate with others who, operating under the same standard, um, are willing to acknowledge it. Um, you know these are these are ways of trying to, uh, despite our subjectivity, make our way um, in the world, and and I I don't think that. Uh, you know, in, in real life, outside of a context which people are trying to make a you know, theoretical or a highly politically useful um, kind of point. Um, I don't know anybody who really thinks that <laughs> there's, there's no way of distinguishing between um, uh, looking at the world through a really partisan lens and, uh, and, and, and looking at the world through um, a, a, a lens that, um, that, 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 that accounts for. Um, some of the fallacies that we're uh, prone to uh, fall into because of our prejudices.
0: Early discussions of what now we call cancel culture and and the worries about free speech, at least in this latest iteration, because I'm old enough to remember, like the 1990s, they arose in the university context. So, so the early stories were about students protesting speakers and so on, and and universities have stayed at the center of this conversation about free speech and free inquiry and worries about this degradation and on and on through to the conversation we're having now. And I guess the question I want to ask is, why, why universities? Why are universities so much at the center of these fights about, about politics and indoctrination given I. Several years ago, I decided to look at the research, and it turns out that professors, as wonderful as professors are, they don't have that much of an impact on their students' political views, and at, and and at colleges universities don't as a general rule don't tend to change their students' views much. Like what change you see tends to be more peer effects that you move out of your small kind of rural red town, you go to a university town or a more cosmopolitan like urban place, people tend to be more left. Your friends tend to be more left. You adjust your views, but it's not sticky. When you leave, they tend to drift back to what they were before. So it's like all of this is about something that doesn't actually seem to have as much effect as people think it does. The conservatives are not going to win back American culture by taking over universities. The left is not dragging us into communism because there's a lot of left-wing professors. So what is it about universities that makes them such a flashpoint for fights over basically who gets to kind of control the direction of discourse and culture?
1: Yeah, um so I mean first of all I I've seen some of that research as well. Um you know I, I think that that we really d- don't know that much <laughs> um about the effect college has on um students with respect to what they think. It's it's not that easy to distinguish between between peer effects um and effects in the classroom or effects due to um, the broader atmosphere, um, encourage the university. I think that, you know, there's no question that, you know, both the left and the right, whatever the merits that research think, um, that universities, um, are a way, just as you say, of exerting some control, um, over the discourse of what kinds of things, um, people talk about of what kinds of things get, get, get published. Um, so, you know, way back, you know, long before the nineties and in 1962, there's this document issues by, by students for a democratic society, um, which came to be known, um, as the pork Euron statement in which they say quite explicitly, you know, what, what we really need to do, um, is to, um, ally ourselves with left-wing actors outside of the university and labor movement and elsewhere, and transform universities into bases for an assault on the loci of power. Something like that. Um, So, you know, parts of the left have have seen universities um, in that way. Um, More recently, um, I was uh, reading a scholar who's involved in the boycott divestment sanctions movement concerning, concerning Israel, basically. Um, and she argues that that movement to boycott Israel is part of a broader, within universities, part of a broader movement to transform universities into sites of struggle um, against uh, U.S. imperialism um, and the imperialism of smaller cousins um, like Israel. So um i i agree with you that 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 a that hasn't been terribly effective i mean i've written i've written a lot about that i mean you would expect that um you know if that were true if that had been terribly effective you know hotel management majors wouldn't you know outnumber um those who show any interest in politics or humanities subjects on campus so clearly you know, there, there are limits to how far that kind of thing goes. But I, I think on the right, um, the interest in the university is in part the perception, which, which I think is largely correct, um, that universities on average um, are left progressive in bent. And they do occupy, you know, like the media, like arts institutions, um, they, they occupy a certain place. Um, in the culture, I also think that people are, um, you know, uh, misled about the extent to which um, there's indoctrination going on at uh, at colleges and universities. But that's a very powerful talking point, and so that that can get a lot of people quite interested um, in that. Um, there's a big industry that's going on um, for some time now among conservative journals, which will just, you know. Be- Pitch five stories into your Twitter feed per day about the depredations of you know, college administrations, you know, college students, and so on and so forth. I could do the same thing with respect to medical malpractice lawsuits, make you very afraid to enter a hospital, and 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 make you think that um, that it's essential that we you know, take over hospitals and and reform them. So I, I think there is also a, a misperception out there, but I would say. That despite what you say about um the research showing, I think what it mostly shows is that 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 peers at colleges are, are, are more more important in the way in which students move than faculty members are, and that that traps with my own experience. Nobody listens to me, you know, so um, so I get that despite that at the very least, one could argue that there's a missed opportunity there. so let's say that the overwhelming majority of faculty are, are left progressive and that they vastly outnumber um, conservatives, which, which is true nationally, right? We, we, we do know this based on self-reported data, uh, big studies from the Higher Education Research Institute. Well, you know, your ideological bent, despite all of our training and all of our efforts, our ideological event bent uh, affects what questions we think it's important to look into um, what studies we're going to view with great skepticism, which ones we're just going to sort of add to our arsenal, um, which students uh, we find um, irritating, which ones we view um, as heroes, um, and so on, right? So, so, you know, I said before, there, there's some truth to the notion that um, that we are subjective, Um, Professors are um, subjective to, despite their training. And um, so, when you look at an institution that not only is dominated, again, faculty wise and also student facing administrator wise, um, by left progressives, you start to notice well, you know, they're telling everybody else to look into um, their prejudices, but they don't seem particularly to care. About their own, and what confronted with the idea that there aren't that many conservatives um, at universities, they're inclined to say, "Well, that's because you know, conservatives are stupid money grubbers, so of course they don't feel at home um, at universities."
0: Yeah, I think that's a really that's an important point. I have there's a professor that I know who came from a working class british background like fairly poor and she she's very very progressive i think she describes herself as a socialist but complains frequently about how her colleagues are Really obsessed with notions of privilege when it comes to gender and race and ethnicity, but they just have no idea about, like, the privilege that comes from – most of her colleagues came from well-to-do, highly educated backgrounds and are – so, like, kind of are not interested in the working class as – as like a category that they should extend concern to because they just don't they don't feel it, but they don't they don't know it because so few professors came from like a really impoverished working class background.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so there, there there is there is that 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 subjective consideration too. Richard Rorty wrote a book probably a couple of decades ago now. You know, Richard Rorty, both um, you know an engaged person of the left and also a, a well known um philosopher and um you know he argued that there had been a real change um in the character of the left which was most evident at universities but not limited to universities and um you know he called that left the cultural left to distinguish it from a left that was more concerned with class um and and economics um yeah as you say you you can get that that critique of of universities from you know left liberals too except they'll say well You know, parts of the university are too dominated by this piece of the left, (laughs) and I prefer to be dominated by this other piece of the left.
0: So if you care about academic – not just academic freedom, but like the proper kind of academic inquiry which depends upon academic freedom, and we want to encourage that, what do we do in the current environment? Because we seem to be in a situation where – the left does have overwhelming control i mean the the study like the the surveys of how many people in a given department are registered democrats versus independents versus republicans it's you know depending on the department there can be basically zero republicans and everyone is democrats and so on like it is overwhelmingly left um, but the right is increasingly turning against as you described academic freedom in an attempt to kind of take over and move things not Towards free inquiry, but just in a direction in a in an unfree inquiry way that's producing the kinds of stuff that they like how do we how do we start to fix that because you're you're asking sides to like give up their arms to some extent while, the other guys seem to be arming up as much as they can,
1: yeah, so the short answer is. I, I sure don't know, but <laughs> I'll give you a cu- couple of couple of ideas. I mean, one is I I think it really is partly um a fight um you know among conservatives, right? I mean there there are in a way two fights, right? One's with one's inside the university and one's outside the university. And university reform nowadays, as as I said, sort of at the top of this. Um, seems to me be motivated by um, illiberal populism, right? So the argument is something to the effect of, well, you know, these ostensibly neutral politicians or rather these ostensibly neutral institutions are dominated by a sort of, you know, sick-minded elite, and by God, we're paying for it, and you know, waitresses and truck drivers shouldn't have to subsidize people who hate them, right? This is pretty straightforward populism and it worships at the altar of uh, Viktor Orban in Hungary it was quite explicit about thinking that we need to move um, toward illiberal democracy. Um, you know, historically, of course, there's been a, a, a healthy chunk um, of the right that thought that um, what conservatives needed to preserve was precisely liberalism. Uh, modified in some ways. So I think that, you know, part of it is simply, you know, d- d- just trying to, um, defeat, um, the illiberal right. Um, that's partly, um, uh, you know, conservatives surely can't do it alone. Right. Uh, but, but, but can be, can can be part of that, that effort. So I think that's, that's part of it. And then within the universities, on the other hand, I think that, um, and I think this really goes goes on from campus to campus. It's not some big nationwide thing that can happen, but you know, from classroom to department to college to become the model for other colleges and so on. You know, colleges they need to, um, you know, they need to concede. As I think you you can find again, a lot of non conservatives conceding um, that conservatives have a legitimate gripe. With colleges and universities, and while it it shouldn't be remedied um, by allowing conservatives to take over some of them, right, or something like that, um, college universities need to show in different ways um, as to some extent that they do already. In other words, a lot of the university still very much consists <laughs> in the disinterested pursuit of knowledge, right? Just because a lot of faculty members are liberals doesn't mean that they, they'll they never tell you about the existence of Adam Smith or Friedrich Hayek, right, or people, people like that. But they, they need to demonstrate in, in a variety of ways that they, they take this problem seriously, as by and large, they haven't been, um, it seems to me. You know, in a way, it's quite convenient to have an illiberal populist assault in the university because then you can stave off any kind of criticism um, by saying, well, that's the illiberal right who's saying that. And even if there were a glimmer of truth, um, to, we wouldn't want to encourage um, the illiberal right. So I think that, that inside the university, um, people who are devoted to academic freedom, which I think is most faculty members— right uh, most faculty members need to need to actually find their voices um and uh you know where issues arise right that that, that can really um that can really you know attract justified criticism you know for example, should we have a job requirement having candidates write essays? About what anti-racism is and how they've demonstrated being anti-racist in their lives, I, I think faculty dedicated to academic freedom you know, need to raise questions about about that kind of thing. Um, they need to raise questions about um, you know intellectual diversity on campus. Um, they need to um, uh, yeah, they need to be more engaged than. I think faculty traditionally are this kind of thing. I mean, most of us didn't go into academics to be engaged in a battle to save universities, right? Um, We want to go study something in our lab. And so it takes a certain amount of energy um, to notice that there is a problem and then actually confront um, some really spirited people who are actually in academics for the activism, (laughs) right? Or, you know, know each other or better organized and so on. It takes, you know, a kind of courage and um, maybe even more than courage, right? It it takes a, a lot of sort of retail politics and legwork, which, you know, faculty members often aren't inclined to do. In a way, I think the reason that, um, that um, the left has so much influence at colleges, universities, in some neighborhoods, not in all, um, is in a way that they wear the other side out. It's not that, um, that, that folks necessarily agree, um, with let's call them the far left The university who probably represent maybe 12% of faculty nationwide. Um, they can have an outside influence because this is mostly what they wish to do. And other people, you know, get tired, um, in a way of, uh, fighting against them and figure, well, this isn't affecting what's going on in my labs. That's okay. Um, but multiplied over a lot of instances, um, it can discredit universities. It's not that conservatives wouldn't attack universities if universities were pristine places in which research were pursued. They, They still would, right? But how much purchase that attack has has something to do with what's really going on at colleges and universities.
0: Thank you for listening to Zooming In at The Unpopulist. If you enjoy this show, please take a moment to review us in Apple Podcasts and also check out Reimagining Liberty, our sister podcast, The Unpopulist, where I explore the emancipatory and cosmopolitan case for radical social, political, and economic freedom. Zooming In is produced by Landry Ayers and is a project of The Unpopulist.